welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Now, if you're new to Faith Heights Church, again, I just want to say, we don't always have services quite like this, so don't, you know, if there's something you don't understand, just look to the scriptures, see what the Bible says, and be at peace. We're not going to do anything that's not in the Bible. We believe that the Lord wants us to do everything properly and in order, but he does love people. And anything that goes toward the support of helping people get to heaven, he is all for it. If it takes all day, all week, all month, if it's going to bring more people to heaven, he is all for it. And so praise, praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to share some scriptures with you in just a minute. But before I do that, I want to say already to kick off what's happening already. We're going to show you up on the screen. Um, we, we got an offering before the service started. And so what you just saw in the orange has already been taken down a little bit. Yes. So praise the Lord. So before the offerings even received, an offering has come in this morning already. So you interested in seeing where we're at now toward, toward the building fund? Go ahead and put up on the screen uh, where we're at. Now, this has just happened this morning. So this is going to be a reflection of what just happened this morning. <clears throat> Go ahead and put up. On, so here's where we were just a couple minutes ago up till now. This week, we're in the 22nd section. And so since this offering that came in this morning, we received a check this morning before we even passed the budget. The whole section's taken care of. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. And so the 23rd section now, it's, there's no square foot paid for in that section yet. But after this morning's offering, before we even received the offering, it was actually given to us this morning. Here we have a, another whole section paid for. Glory to God. <laughs> you can stand up if you want and shout. Glory to God. Glory. Twenty-four section. So we're on the 24th section. Praise God. Do we have any square feet in that section paid for? The whole thing. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. And so now we're on the 25th section and it's almost taken care of. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. $250,000. Oh, glory to God. Now, I wanted to share this with you. Things are speeding up, can you tell? I mean, the, we, the Lord has helped us to decrease this debt more in the last 15 months than in the last 15 years. More than the last 15 years. Somebody want to help Carla down? <laughs> but now listen to this. So, so, so just this morning, another chunk came in. Oh, it's going quick. This is an investment opportunity that's about over. So if you want to get in on this dream come true seed, this lift heavy burden seed, this payoff of God's house seed, it's almost over. So you might want to get in on it pretty quick. Now there'll be other projects, but this one's very unique. It's the payoff of the Lord's house. 
Oh, friend, do, do you realize the savings and interest alone and what we can do with the payments and the principal toward other things and other ministries? We'll share some of that with you as the service goes on. But aren't you thankful to be a part of this? It's so interesting. You know, we, we were talking, uh, we got a call on to Keith and Phyllis about some things a couple days ago, talk, chat with them about some things. And then one of their helpers, Dave, called us back and he's talked about how a lot of churches right now in, in the Word of Faith camp are getting paid off. It's not just us. Our pastors, our friends in Las Vegas, Dave and Vicki Sharon, just got their building paid off. We're about to get this one paid off. Other churches around are getting their buildings paid off at this time. How I many know it doesn't matter what's happening in the economy of the world as long as you're operating in the economy of God? The, the law, the economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. It always works. It's based on God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And that includes money. That includes support to the things of God. That seed going in the good ground and God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now it is contingent upon you and I not fainting and saying, oh, this ain't working. It's been three weeks. Oh, this ain't working. I'm not seeing. Well, that's called fainting and not receiving your harvest that was waiting for you. But we're not going to faint. This is not a fainting church. Some people say, Pastor, I've even had some people say, you know, I just don't know why I want to hear any more about the building payoff. Well, I don't either. But at the same time, but at the same time, listen closely. I'm not upset one bit. I haven't lost one wink of sleep and not going to. The only way you lose anything in life, it's not, it's, it's not a matter of being perfect. It's not a matter of how many sins you've committed. The only way you lose is if you quit. And we refuse to quit. Joshua, actually Caleb, waited 40 years before the promise of God showed up in his life. And he was 80 years old when it did. He never let go of what the Lord told him. I'm sure a lot of people said, give it up, you old man, give it up. But he said he was strong as he was when he was 40, got his inheritance when he was 80, took the mountain, possessed the land, and it happened. Don't let the devil get you bored. Don't let him get you flustered about how long it's been taken. It did say all along through faith and endurance, we inherit the promises. There is some endurance that's needed. Your faith only goes as far as your patience. Your faith only goes as far as your ability to endure. If you give up, you forsake your own mercy. That's not God saying no to helping you. Thank you, sir. So now, if you would, please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And let's talk a little bit about great offerings in the Bible. In the power and the glory that comes with it. I want you to notice in 2 Timothy, you know, when God, we, a lot of times man sees the offerings, the money. God sees the heart. Man looks on the outward. God looks on the heart. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is more of a heart issue than a lot of people have realized. You know, what you love does show up in certain things you do. I said, what you really love does show up in things you do. And I, um, I just quoted what Jesus said, uh, uh, where, where, your, where your treasure is, what you value, there your heart will be also. Well, it just makes sense. If you really value something, your heart's in it. And you can see a lot of times where that is uh, through natural things like we're doing today, which is just not natural. There's a lot of spiritual things going on today. We'll see some natural things, but it's all prompted by the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy chapter three. I wanted to start here and I wanted to show you uh, 
a couple scriptures in case somebody says, well, that's all Old Testament. Well, really it's not because in the book of Acts they gave even more. <laughs> I mean, they're selling houses and lands to support the things of God and they're getting blessed in the process. But I want you to notice here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, from a child, Timothy, you have known the Holy Scriptures. And the Holy Scriptures he's talking about is Genesis through Malachi. They had no New Testament back here. They were still in letter form circulating. From a child, Timothy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture... Everybody say all. all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for teaching. This is talking about all the Old Testament here. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in what's right, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now we're going to go to a couple Old Testament scriptures, but before we do, what, what's, what's this Old Testament all about? Should we ever read it? Is it just all stuff that's happened thousands of years ago, has nothing to do with us? Or is it profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in what's right? But if you read the previous verse, Paul told Timothy, he said, from a child, and that's so, so beautiful. <laughs> from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. This is interesting. One of the reasons the Lord wants us reading the Old Testament it's to see all the salvation of God toward his people Israel when they kept the law, the promises, the blessings. But here he's saying, you need to go back there, church, Christian. You need to go back to the Old Testament and read about all the blessings that belong to you because of your faith in Jesus. You can claim any blessing of the Old Testament without being a perfect keeper of the law. Simply because of your faith in Jesus. So one main reason you need to go to the Old Testament is find out what's yours through faith in Jesus. Not what's yours because you're keeping the law squeaky clean, you know, the law of Moses. Find out what's yours because of your faith in Jesus. Because if you believe in Jesus, it's all yours. It's not just for the Jews. It's not just for Israel. It's not just for the perfectly obedient. It's for you because of your faith in Jesus. Healing, deliverance, prosperity, victory, miracles, winning of battles, wisdom, peace, joy. It's all yours through, your, through faith in, but I don't deserve it. Exactly. That's why it's through faith in Jesus that you get to have it. Um, now, turn with me to Exodus 35. Uh, actually, before you turn there, let me show you one more scripture in 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, New Testament, back up a couple books. 1 Corinthians 10. There was a time in my life I thought, you know, I don't need to read the Old Testament. We're living under the New Testament. I don't need to look at the Old Testament. That was all for the Jews. And the Lord showed me these scriptures that I'm showing you now to realize, ooh, maybe I better read the Old Testament and find out how God dealt with people in the Old Testament and see all the blessings I can have through faith in Jesus and get a little correction here and there and some instruction in what's right. Now, in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, New Testament, written to Christians just like us. And I want you to look at verse 11. Paul's talking about all these things that happened to Israel in the Old Testament. Paul says to New Testament Christians that all these things that happened to Israel in the Old Testament happened unto them for examples. 
and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So who was that written for? Us, Christians, admonition. So we can learn a few things about what not to do, right? And what to do. So all the Old Testament is not just about Israel. They're examples for us upon whom the ends of the world are come. With that, turn to Exodus 35. Exodus chapter 35. Now, Exodus is a part of all scripture. Is given by inspiration of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Is Exodus part of all scripture, friend? then let's go find some instruction, can we? Let's go find some admonition here. Let's find some things that will help us today with what we're called to do. Exodus 35, I want you to notice verse 4 and 5. And Moses spoke unto all the congregation, so they're in a setting like we're at right here. Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Now that's very important. You don't want to just do things because you want to. You need to hear from God. I mean, if if the things are going to be stirred that need to be stirred up, we're going to have to make sure we're hearing from God. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who hears a preacher or a pastor or a leader of ministry talking about, I'm not saying that everybody's going to get involved with it because people still have free will. But we need to be very sensitive to hearing and saying, God, is this you? Is this you? I believe with all my heart what we're involved in right now is the will of God for this church. And I realize in my heart through reading scriptures that it's not just for the benefit of the church. It's for the benefit of the people who support the church. All the things we do for the Lord will rebound back into our lives, multiply times more because God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And the Lord wants us being the investors in what he's doing because he wants us getting the return. If I had the money to pay $2,380,000 when we first got this loan to pay off this building, I wouldn't have done it because I didn't want to be the only one getting the blessing. Well... I say I wouldn't have done it. In light of what we're talking about right now, if I knew that there was another way to get the building paid off and more people could be blessed in the process, I think I'd want to make some room for that. All right? So in Exodus chapter 35, so Moses heard from God and commanded saying, this is what the Lord told Moses, verse 5, take you or receive from among you all the people an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. So do you see what's going on here? Moses is not talking to people who don't want to do something. God's not pushy. He's not nervous. And he'll do just fine if a few people decide not to do something that he would like them to do. He's not going to lose any sleep over it. He doesn't sleep either. So... He neither slumbers nor sleeps. But here's what is interesting. The Lord said, tell the people what I told you. But I don't want any pressure. I don't want you making them feel bad for not being involved. Just find out who's willing. Who's willing. And then talk to those people about bringing an offering for the building of the tabernacle where God's presence would reside with the children of Israel. So now look at verse 20. And we'll read a couple verses here. 
Exodus 35, 20, and all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. They went to prepare, basically, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone whom his spirit made willing. You're going to see this word willing, willing, willing all through these offerings because God doesn't want you doing something you don't want to do. He wants you to see the joy in it. He wants you to see past the physical. He wants you to see souls that are saved. People that are going to be in heaven because we did some things for the Lord on the earth. He said, everyone came whose heart stirred him up and everyone whose spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments. So basically what's going on here is they're getting ready to build a natural tabernacle, but it's the Lord's. It's for his presence. It's not for rock concerts. It's not for, you know, social gatherings. It's for the Lord. That's why it's very important when, you, when we get a building as a church, when we receive things like this, that we dedicate these things, these natural things to the Lord. We don't say yes to everybody who wants to use our facility. I said, we don't say yes to everybody. It may be good things. It may be fine things. But here's the revelation. It ain't our facility. It's the Lord. So we better talk to him about it because we only want to do and hear what he wants to do in here. So when he's able to, his glory can manifest and we can sense his presence in a higher degree because we've dedicated it to the Lord. Here's the newsflash. This church, you the people, are not ours, Carl and I. You are the Lord's. This church is the Lord's. We ask him about everything. I know this may sound kind of funny, but there's times my mom wanted to do things in the church and I couldn't do them because I didn't know if it was the Lord or not until I prayed. Now, friend, listen, if you think something should be done in this church, just let me give you a revelation. Pastor, I think you need to do this. You need to start this. You need to have these classes. You need to have this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Now, why would I do what you want to do when I don't even do what I want to do? Why would I do what you want to do when I don't even do what my mom wanted me to do? What are we going to do? We're going to receive input. We're going to receive thoughts and things. We've got boards of advisors, boards of directors. We're going to receive, you know, revelation. But then guess what we do? We pray. And we say, Lord, what about this idea? Because sometimes he says, move forward with it. Other times he says, not now. And other times he doesn't say anything. So if he doesn't say anything, we're not going to do it. When the Lord tells us to do something, we're going to do it in the timing he says to do it in, the way he says to do it, and with whom he says to do it with. Just because you got the what doesn't mean you got the when and the why and the how. A lot of people have heard from God, stepped out prematurely, fell flat on their face, and said, I thought I heard from God. And they did hear from God, they just didn't wait long enough to hear the when of God. They got the what of God, but you got to get the when of God too. Moses got the what of God and went out and killed an Egyptian thinking, I'm the deliverer of Egypt. Well, he jumped the gun. Abraham jumped the gun with his handmaid, right? With his wife's handmaid. Jumped the gun. We're trying, they're trying to bring to pass what God said in their timing instead of God's timing. Don't do that, church. It's very interesting to me that in the book of Hebrews chapter 8, it says, Paul talked about Moses getting revelation from heaven when he was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights concerning the building of this tabernacle. 
And Moses got instructions from heaven. He saw what was already in heaven and God said, replicate it in the earth. And so Moses replicated to the T, colors, thickness of material, uh, gold laid, this and that in the, in the tabernacle. And it says that Moses did everything according to the pattern he saw in the mount. And it said when he finished the work, you know, without adding his two cents in, saying, well, I think this should be blue, God, instead of purple, or I think this should be this or that. He did it exactly the way the Lord said. And it says in the very end of the book of Exodus, when Moses had finished the work of the tabernacle, according to what he saw in the mount, the glory of God hit the tabernacle. The cloud of God appeared like snow glistening in the sun. He couldn't even enter into the tabernacle because God said, I approve of this building because Moses did it exactly the way I told him to. If you want the full blessing, quit praying for it and just do what's already fully blessed. I'm a little stirred up about this because this church is more on track than it's ever been. So in verse 20, did you read that? It said all the congregation, they, they came back, they, they brought the Lord's offering and it says in verse 22, it says, and they came both men and women, as many as were willing hearted, there it is again, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings. This is how they prospered in those days. And tablets of uh, all jewels and of gold and every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. So see, they're seeing past the physical. They're not just seeing the physical material. They realize this is the Lord's house. Things that are happening in here are going to be his will. So now look at chapter 36. They're in the middle of taking up this offering for the building of the tabernacle of God. In verse 6, and it says, Moses gave commandment and they ceased it to be, pro and they, and they ceased it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. What? So the people were restrained from bringing now that's odd. It shouldn't be. Why? Verse 7, for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make of it and too much. That's a good problem. I said, too much offering is a, let me say this church, if this whole building was paid off today, and an extra 500,000 was given today, other projects would start popping up immediately in the area of outreach, which I'll share a couple of those projects with you in just a minute. This is not all by any means. It's just a, a small handful of the things that we know the Lord wants to do very soon in our church as soon as this giant is gone. So that as soon as this pull of resources is out and we have more. Now this, do y'all understand this? When the building's paid off, and we don't have that payment and we don't have that interest payment. That doesn't mean there'll be no more projects. There's going to be projects. This is going to help with those projects. There'll be more projects. But here's the cool thing. You ready? Here's the cool thing. No more paying off bills project. This church, listen closely. This church has no credit card debt. This church has no parsonage debt. This church has no... Uh, audible bill debt. This church has no extra loan debt. This church is completely debt free except for that figure we just saw up there. 200 and whatever. That's it. 
And here's the good news. We ain't ever getting in debt again, except to preach the gospel, right? To all men who have a right to know what we know. As far as financially, guys, days. Now, I'm going to say this very reverently because we are very thankful for our bankers. They, they love us. They're, they're very blown away by what's happening right now with the building payoff. I think they want to loan us a few million bucks right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> Credit cards are upping our limits and all this stuff. But what, what's really interesting is we don't need that. I, I, I just really believe the days of having to go to a banker with hat in hand to do something God told us to do are over. Glory to God. I hope you guys that are watching online are sensing the same joy that we're sensing here. This is for you too. The the prayers you've prayed, the giving that you've given, rejoice with us today. This is a great day of rejoicing. The house of God's getting paid off and ministry is going to flourish like never before. So don't you like the scripture? Moses said, hey, stop giving. The stuff you've given is too much. So the people were restrained from bringing. Now, I was thinking about this. And we all rejoice and sing about and praise God that he's more than enough. My God is more than enough. He shall supply all my need. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. We rejoice in that. Well, I have a feeling that God rejoices in his more than enough people. Moses, tell them to stop giving. They've given too much. We see God more. And that's where we get it. He's more than enough toward us. Why don't we be more than enough toward his work in the earth once in a while? And have, have the preacher stand up and say, that's enough for this project. I'm sure there's other good projects. Seek some out. But right now we got this one taken care of. But cup running over is biblical. David said, my cup runs over. It is biblical. So if we run over, praise the Lord. Because we are like more than ready to start doing some of these other things that we've got on our heart to do. Um, what would cause people to go over the top like that? What, what would cause people to give multiplied millions and give more than they needed to give, what would cause people to keep giving and want to keep giving more and have to be told, stop? Well, I was pondering this, and as I was reading these scriptures and others that we're going to go to in just a moment here, um, love. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Some people see God's work in the earth. Some people don't see it. You know, as a matter of fact, the Bible says, except you be born again, you'll not see these things. You not see the kingdom of God. You not see the things of God. You have to be born again to see that there's more than the physical going on. There is a work of God happening in the earth. Jesus said this, the kingdom of God comes without observation. In other words, so much of the time, the things of God are seen in natural things because of what those natural things are helping get done in the earth. You have to be spiritual and observant to realize, are they just trying to pay off a building? Are they strengthening something that's rescuing souls? So turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And I want to show verse 3 through 5 out of the CEV, Contemporary English Version. 
So 1 Chronicles 29, verses 3 through 5, out of the contemporary English version. I want to show you this on the screen. Most of you probably don't have the CEV unless you're looking at a tablet or something. But I want you to see these verses. This is now King David. We just talked about Moses and Israel. Now we're talking about King David, his mighty men, the chiefs of the fathers, captains of tribes, the congregation that he was over as a king. So I, I think you had that last time. So I know you have it because you showed it last week or Wednesday. First Chronicles 29, verse 3 through 5 out of the contemporary English version. So if you just look up on the screen, this is talking about David now, King David. They're getting ready to build the, the temple of God. The tabernacle was done. Now they're wanting to build a temple for the Lord. It says here, David says, besides doing all that, David said, I have promised to give part of my own gold and silver as a way of showing my love for God's temple. Everybody say, as a way. When you really love something, somebody, you want to do something for them. You know what I mean? You just want, well, what's the best way we can do things for the Lord? He's in heaven, we're on earth. What, what's one of the, do something for his work that he established in the earth. Do something for what's winning souls, what's preaching the gospel. I mean, when you really love somebody, you want to do something for them. And David was like this, God, you have delivered me. You have forgiven me. You have raised me up. You've gotten me through battles. You've kept me from early death. You got me through the lion, the bear, Goliath. You brought me out all kinds of waters and all kinds of stuff. Lord, I want to do something for you. Can you just see his heart here? God, I want to do something for you. <laughs> and read on here. He says, almost 120 tons of my finest gold and over 250 tons of my silver will be used to decorate the temple walls and to make the gold and silver objects. Now, who else will show their dedication to the Lord by giving gifts for building his temple? And that's the question of the day. Who else? We've decided to give. Actually, we were going to give a, a, a substantial chunk um, above and beyond what we've already given for this project. And uh, we decided this morning to double it. And we haven't counted that in there yet, so at the end we'll count all that and everybody else's offerings, we'll, we'll give you a grand total. But we decided just this morning, as I was reading these scriptures, thinking about how short this life is and how, how long eternity is and how, many, so, how, how we can't do things when we're in heaven that we can do right now. David literally killed a giant named Goliath. We're killing a giant named Debt. So when he's talking about Goliath, we'll be sitting there talking to him about the debt in this 21st century materialistic demon infested end time world. We cut through that junk. We kept God first. We stirred up our passion. We did what he told us to do and we didn't back down just because we got bored. Sure didn't get offended. We slew that thing immediately. But um, now you're going to need to go back to 1 Chronicles 22. 1 Chronicles 22. As you read 1 Chronicles, this is the Chronicles of the Kings. And of course, David was a king. He reigned for like 40 years. And so we're talking a lot about in these chapters here about them taking care of the things of God, building the temple of God. And I want you to notice in 1 Chronicles chapter 22. Now, this is very interesting because I hadn't noticed this as clearly as I had until I recently started studying these things some more about two offerings that David gave toward the building of the house of God. Solomon's temple, we call it the, the house of the Lord. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, I want you to notice verse, anybody having fun? <laughs> You're going to like this. Verse 14. 
David said, now behold, now this is before 29. David said, now behold, in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold. Stop right there. Just, just stop before your head goes crazy. Stop. Just think about this. A talent is 75 pounds. He gave 100,000 75-pound chunks. This is the guy who used to herd sheep, who lived in caves for a while. How in the world, after a couple or a few decades, does he have 100, how much? How much? A hundred? A hundred thousand talents of gold. How did he get that? Church, listen. This is the heart of the whole meeting today. Listen to this right here. God saw David's heart before he had anything. God saw in the future that David was going to put him first and care about the work of God in the earth. God foresaw something that David was going to do because of his heart for God to where it was no problem for God at all to bless him with this kind of increase. When God knows what you're going to do with your increase and he sees you putting him first and he sees you carving his top right off, his part right off the top, why would he withhold the turning up of the prosperity in your life when he knows you're going to do that with the prosperity? Friend, do you see in his mighty men, same thing. They had wealth because God saw their heart way before they had the wealth. They won battle after battle. They inquired of the Lord, should we go up to battle? Should we go up to battle? Should we do this? Should we do that? They did everything the Lord told them to do and they won battle after battle and they became very, very wealthy. David, David was either close to and you're going to see this. He was either close to or almost a trillionaire. And his son was more wealthy than him. You say, Pastor, why are you talking about all this? It's in the B-I-B-L-E. It's okay. We can talk about these things. It's in the Bible. Now, listen, church. Li listen right here. The devil wants people offended at times like this. He wants people not thinking money's that important. Listen very carefully. More money in the right churches, more money in the right people's hands equals more people in heaven because somebody's got to pay for the printing of the Bible. Somebody's got to pay for the broadcast that's getting people saved over Christian television. Somebody's got to pay for the buses that bring people to church. Somebody's got to pay for that. You say, well, I don't think prosperity is that important. Tell that to the guy who got saved watching a Christian television broadcast and he's no longer a wife beater. He's no longer a drunk. He's born again on fire for God and on his way to heaven and so are his kids because somebody paid $20,000 a year to have a Christian broadcast going over the airwaves. Yeah. That's important stuff. And the devil wants you to just think, no, that, this has nothing to do with saving of souls. It has a lot to do with the saving. So much so that God recorded it in Holy Scripture. We need to get our minds renewed. Do you know there's nowhere in the Bible it says there's gold in hell. But it does say there's a lot of gold in heaven. And the Lord did not put good things in this earth for the devil and his crowd. He put the good things in this earth so we could have the prosperity he intended and so we could preach the gospel to the world and then the end will come and then meetings on. So, listen to this. This is just for fun, okay? Just say for fun. 
So, a hundred thousand talents of gold is almost four thousand tons. Just take my word for it. It's four, nearly four thousand tons of gold, and there's thirty-two thousand ounces in a ton. So basically, 4,000 tons of gold times 32,000 ounces equals $128 million. But now you've got to times that by $2,000 an ounce. Which means David gave $256 billion in this offering. Swimming pools full of gold. And this is not even the silver. He gave more silver than he did gold. But silver is what, like 25 cents an ounce today? 50 cents, something like that? No? What is it? $25. $25. I'm sorry, yes. $25. I knew it was 25 So now think about this. David, now we know this wasn't all that he had. He's given a God a cut off of his increase. Oh, this is supernatural. This blows people. But our minds need blown once in a while. They need blown cobwebs out, right? This, this is real stuff. This really happened. This was an offering day. Now, go back to 1 Chronicles chapter 26. No, you don't have to go there. We went to that during the offering. Go to 1 Chronicles 28. Let's progress just a little bit more here. These people saw the value and the power of the work of God in the earth and how the work of God in the earth was a, a, nothing less than a life-saving work. They saw that, they gave, and then it talks about the leaders giving. So just remember, David's already given $256 billion, approximately. Let's just say two fifty. Now in 1 Chronicles 28, look at this. This is really interesting. How did all this come about, and how did they know what to do and when to do it? Verse 11. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern. Everybody say pattern. David already saw some before he presented it. He gave his son the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof and of the treasuries thereof and of the upper chambers thereof and of the inner parlors thereof and of the palace of the mercy seat. And the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit... So David didn't just dream this up in his brain. Oh, the Philistines are doing this. Let's do this too. Or they're doing that over there. Let's do this too. David prayed. He inquired of the Lord. He had something from the Holy Spirit in his spirit. And that's what they were pursuing. Not just a good idea. And that's so important. And it talks about he got it by the Spirit. And it talks about all the chambers and all the things that he and for the house of the Lord, treasures of the house of the Lord. Now notice verse 19. It says, All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me even all the works of this pattern. So this is something the Lord dropped into David, not just something David decided to do. Why am I saying all that? I believe the payoff of this facility is something the Lord dropped into my heart years ago. And it's something that he wants done. And that's why we're even presenting this today. We believe it's the, uh, something the Lord wrote on my heart. And it's time to finish what the Lord told us to finish. Now, I'm going to have to go to one more scripture. 
no, no, I'm sorry, not just one more. We got a couple more to go to. First Chronicles 29. Are you ready to go to First Chronicles 29? This is what it was all leading up to today. Look at this here. First Chronicles 29, verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom God alone has chosen, yet young and tender, for the work is great, for the palace is not for man, <clears throat> but for the Lord God. You got this, church? The palace is not for man. If we're not careful, we're going to think, how oh, Pastor John and Carla get a building paid off. Watch it. That is not what's going on here. We are workers in this church just like you are. We'll be rewarded or judged for what we do or don't do just like you will be for your part in this church. I'm not the only one who's going to be judged for what he did in this church just because I'm the pastor. He's called a lot of us to be a part of this church, to serve on the helps team and to do things. And really, I personally believe that the housekeepers in this church, if they're faithfully doing what the Lord told them to do in cleaning this church, they will get the same reward I get if I was faithful as a pastor of this church. David, King David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tabernacles of the wicked. In other words, I'd rather open a door in the house of God because of the eternal significance involved than be the CEO of Microsoft. That stuff's going to fade away and rust and pass away forever. But he that does the will of God will remain forever. Opening a door in the house of the Lord is more important than anything going on on this planet naturally. The world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God will abide forever, the Bible says. So I want you to notice here, he's saying that this is not for man, this is for the Lord. And you have to see that. You have to just be spiritual enough to realize this is a natural thing, but it's for the Lord. Verse 2, he says, Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for the things that be of gold, silver for things of silver. Talks about glistering stones and all the marble and all the stuff. And then he gets to verse 3. Now moreover, moreover, say moreover. moreover. Now we already know he gave two and a half billion. I mean, 250 billion, right? We already know that. Now it says, because I've set my affection to the house of my God. Now stop, just, just think about this. Say, Pastor, I'm not going to set no affection on the house of my God. I'm going to set my affection on the Lord. Nice words, but if your affection's really on the Lord, it's going to be seen in how you treat his things that he loves in the earth. I thought it was interesting. David didn't say, moreover, because I have set my affection on the Lord my God, he said, I'm going to be a little more specific than that. Anybody can say, I love the Lord. He said, I have set my affection on the house of my God, and I have of my own proper good, gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, which we just read about. Now he says, out of my own personal funds, <clears throat> beyond business or whatever, I'm given 3,000 talents of gold. If you add up just the gold that he's giving here, it's over another 7 billion How many think it pays to serve the Lord? Here, here's the thing. You can tell this prosperity didn't mean that much to David, and that's why the Lord was able to entrust, it with, entrust him with it. The less things mean to you, the more God can bring them into your life. Because if he's going to bring something in your life that caused you to love the thing more than him, he ain't going to bring it. God has to be cautious about turning up the prosperity knob too much in some people's lives because they'll leave him and start loving the blessing more than the blesser. 
start loving the Isaac more than the one who gave him Isaac. You got to hang on to earthly things loosely. Don't ever let them be too big to never cross the line. Never, ever cross the line and say, I love that car. That's a good way to not get one from the Lord, at least. No. One reason you shouldn't love a car is because it can't love you back. The Bible says, love not the world, neither things that are in the world. Love is for God and people. I think it's time we stop saying I love chocolate. It cheapens the word. So then when it comes to loving God, it's kind of like, well, if he tells me something good, I'll love him. But if he doesn't, I don't want that. No, we need to love God, love people like chocolate is okay. I just love your house. Stop saying that because that's violating a scripture. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. How about just say, I'm thankful for that house. Oh, that's a beautiful house. Or I like that house. How about I like this, but I love God. Watch out about what you love. It can get you in trouble. So read on just a little further here. In verse, talks about in verse four, how much he gave. And then he gets down to the end of that verse or verse five. And he says in verse five, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver and for all manner of the work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? So David said, this is what I'm going to do. Who else is going to do something for the Lord today? Then the chief of the fathers, the princes of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds and the rulers of the king's work offered There's that word again, willingly, and gave for the service of the house of God of 5,000 talents of gold, 10,000 drams of silver and all. And he goes on, lists all that they gave there. And then if you if you get down to verse nine, then the people frowned and said, what in the world did I do? How are we going to eat tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. How are the kids going to go to college? Nope. It said they rejoiced. Where is this, what atmosphere is this rejoicing in? Great offering service. Why? Because they get, a, they get an opportunity to do something tangible for the Lord in the earth that they won't always have opportunity to do. And it made scripture and we're talking about it thousands of years later and we'll be talking about it forever. The offering in Exodus was a great offering. This was a great offering. You go to the book of Acts, there was a great offering. And it said that they started selling lands, houses. They brought the distribution to the church. Everybody's needs were taken care of. The vision of the church proceeded and moved forward. It got stronger and stronger. And so the big question of the day is who then is willing? So we're going to receive an offering in just a minute here um, for this building payoff. And we're all going to, we're going to, Just let everybody follow their heart and feel no pressure. Don't feel any pressure, but I encourage you, go ahead and be happy anyway. Um, There's a couple things that um, we're going to be able to do once this building's paid off. And I'm just checking my heart right now to see if I'm supposed to share this right now. I I think right now, um, Maybe we should receive the offering at this time, and then I'll tell you about some of the things we're going to be able to do once this building's paid off, because there are some things that are... I'll just mention a couple things, and then we'll get into some detail in just a minute. But if you want to prepare at this time to get your offering ready, that would be great. If I could have a keyboard player up here. 
<clears throat> that would be great if somebody wants to play the keyboard. Um, but a couple things now. Some of the things that we're going to be able to do, and there'll still be projects involved with these things. Don't get me wrong. It's just all that's put together. We get to check this off the list and go on some other things the Lord said to go. But there are some outreaches we're going to be involved in uh, to our own community and the valley that we live in. We're going to be able to put some things in high gear. We're going to be able to pursue some things like we've never pursued them before. We've got some okay from the Lord. He's been dealing more with us about some of these things recently because I think he knows this thing's about taking care of and he knows the future. He knows what's going to come in today and if need be next week or whenever. But um, <clears throat> we have got to... Um, well, you know what? I keep being checked about that. I'm going to talk about what we're going to do after we receive the offering and while they're counting the offering. So, Carla, if you want to come up with our special offering, you're going to do it from there. Go ahead. She's going to, you're going to do that online. We talked about doubling. And I'm totally in favor of that, if not even more. So just do what you want to do. If you'd like to at this time, prepare to give in this offering. If you want to use your cell phone, you can. It's perfectly fine at this time of the service to do that. We know that's how a lot of people give today. But go ahead and put up. This is all going toward the great offering and you'll find a great offering tab. Correct, Rachel? On the option list of the website portal and the text giving portal. It'll say general account and it'll also say now great offering. So everything that goes in great offering, every penny is going toward the building principle. Not interest, principle. And so if you'd like to be a part of this offering, you can at this time. So just pray, talk to your spouse about it. Uh, talk to the Lord about it. We're not going to rush this. It's only 1127. We're doing great on time. So just take a moment or two and, and you can um, talk to whoever you need to talk to about wanting to be involved in this offering. And we're going to have Rachel and a couple other the gals are going to go count this as soon as we receive it. And so I'll exhort you about what we're going to do after this. Uh, building is paid off. So just pray, seek the Lord, talk to your spouse. If you need to text somebody, go ahead. We don't usually say that. We like to be very reverential in church during the preaching of the word. But right now it's completely understandable. If you need to text somebody or talk to somebody, if you'd like to get in on this offering, you can. Father, we worship you and we thank you for this place that you've given us the wonderful things that are happening in, these, in this room, in the children's rooms, and all over this church. Father, we're so grateful to be a part of making history with you. Oh, Father, thank you for helping us to see past the physical, to lift up our eyes past natural things, and to see what your purposes are for this facility and what we're going to be able to do after this facility is paid for. Oh, Father, we're so grateful in these last days to be a part of something wonderful. And Lord, we know we're not the only good church in town and we know we're not the only good work around, but we're one of them. You've made this church the way it is and we thank you for all your goodness in this place. And Lord, we dedicate to you today not only an offering, but our hearts anew and afresh to follow your will, to follow your plan. Jesus, our hearts are in your hands. Father, we make a decision today to follow after your will more than ever. We know time is short. We know that opportunities aren't always around. And so, Father, we, so to speak, get on the ball. We want everything you have for us. We want everything you want to do among us as a church. And we pull together with team effort today. Team effort that every demon in hell couldn't stop from happening today. 
team effort that the devil himself couldn't stop from happening today. Those watching online, those here in the auditorium, Father, we thank you for the unity of the spirit, unity of purpose to see your facility paid off. Your stuff should be paid off, Father. Your stuff should be taken care of. And we thank you. It's happening mightily. And we praise you for the privilege to be a part of what you're doing right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you've already uh, given or if you're purposed, if you've already written out a check or you're ready to, to put the offering in the offering bucket, you can stand up with me. Let's just praise the Lord. If you haven't finished yet, please feel seat. No problems remaining seated. That's fine. Father, we love you. We worship you. We honor you. And Carla, if you'd like to come forward at this time with our offering. You gave online. Great. We'll just raise our hand. Yes, I will. Just a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we worship you. We did have it on our heart and we sensed it would be a good thing also to make a pledge card available. Because I know there's people at times at services like this, maybe you didn't get the email, maybe you're not 100% ready for this meeting, but you want to give. Well, we're going to go ahead and let you have a pledge card at this time. So is it going to be handed out? So if you want a pledge card, raise your hand because you can put, uh, you can write a mount down on the pledge card and we'll believe God that the money will come in for you to be able to fulfill that pledge. This is all based on he gives seed to the sower. If you want to sow and you'd like a pledge card, And this pledge card, we're going to put a time limit on it. This is only going to go for a month, for one month from today. So this pledge card, we're just going to just put on there anything you would like to put on there that you believe can happen within a month. And then just, you know, between you and the Lord, we're not going to hold anybody, anything. You don't even have to put your name on it if you don't want to, but you can because there is an option to do it. So just go ahead and raise your hand if you want a pledge card and you can put an amount on there. We'll receive those the same time we receive the offering. And so praise the Lord. David, you know, it took him a while to prepare his offering and it might take some of you a little bit longer to prepare your offering. You might need to pledge and then decide how you're going to bring it in, how the Lord's going to bring it to you. So that's perfectly fine. That's great. So if you need a pledge card, just raise your hand high enough so the ushers can see your hand and you can put an amount on there that you believe you want to give to this project before a month's up and then we'll have that pledge card. We can read that total as well. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we worship you. You are doing great things even right here in our valley. We're so honored, Lord, to be a part of it. We're so thankful for the vision and the mission you've given this church and how the payoff of your facility will only expand that vision and excel that mission. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just encourage you right now where you're standing, worship the Lord with the offering you're about to give. If you've already given it online, just worship the Lord. Say, Father, we worship you with these offerings. We see what you're doing in our church. We see what you're doing in this valley. And we are thankful to have the breath and the health and the finances to be a part of what you're doing. And Lord, we thank you for the multitudes, the many people who will be healed, saved, delivered, set free because of it allowing us to be a part of your work in and through this church. Oh, Father, we honor you. We honor you, Lord, with our tithes, with our offerings. We honor you with these gifts of love. And we are so thankful, Lord. So thankful. So thankful. 
Thank you, Lord. Father, whether we're giving today in this great offering or whether we're pledging to give, we take this as a holy ordinance, a holy time. We do these things because we love you and we thank you, Father, for the blessings that will come back on us multiplied times more. Thank you for the harvest that's coming our way. Thank you for strengthening us to receive it all. Thank you for helping us not to slip when the pressure of the enemy tries to come and say, it's not working. It's not working. You just threw your money away. We're going to, Lord, strengthen us to rebuke those lies, stay strong in faith, maintain a good attitude, and by your mercy and by your grace, not only will your house be paid off, but your people's houses will be paid off and more will come into their lives and great increase will overtake their debt and great increase will swallow up their bills and they will come out on top and they will have more than enough, them and their children, in Jesus' name and plenty enough to give and to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. We say these things by the authority of the Holy Spirit and we thank you it's happening in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, here's our offerings. Amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive this offering. All this is going toward the great offering. Put the pledge cards and your offering in the bucket when it passes you by. Or if you gave online, just know that it's already probably back in the bookkeeper's computer area. Thank you, Lord. And you can be seated, church. Have a a seat. Rachel and a couple others are going to go back right now and count the offering. Isn't it interesting, church, that they counted this offering in the Bible? Publicly, They counted the offering publicly, so we're not doing anything to violate scriptures. We're doing exactly what they did in the Bible. And so it's perfectly fine. So we'll give them about five minutes. So while they're doing that, would you like to hear a couple things that are on the back burner that are going to start coming to the front burner? Y'all want to hear a couple things that we're going to do as a church? And again, this does not mean there'll be no special project. It just means we're going to have something checked off our list and a freedom from God to move into some of these other areas. Yes, there'll be some freedom of resources to go toward these areas, but some of these things you're going to realize right away. It might take a little more than just the savings of not having a building payment. So um, one of the things that we feel prompted of the Lord to pursue, and we're already in pursuit of this. We got this when we were in Brother Keith Moore's church in Sarasota couple months ago in February. And that is, we're believing it's time to get some of these messages in some of the healing school online, which will be released in May, some of these messages in other languages. Now, now get this, the technology today, we, we have an access of 200 languages we can translate the preaching and teaching in to other nations. Right now, they have about seven uh, of those languages where they actually, I, I can't remember what they call it, dubbing or something, they actually take the preacher's voice, put it into their software, and then when it comes out in Mandarin Chinese or when it comes out in Portuguese or when it comes out in German, it's actually my voice. Uh, that's what's the weather like the weather is very I took German in junior high but but isn't that amazing church they're gonna hear Mandarin Chinese coming out of the preacher's voice Carla me Dominic whoever's teaching in this church now isn't that cool and um, right now they've got about seven languages they can do that in but the rest of the language are presently available it's just in another voice that sounds like you 
So they're, they're getting caught up with all the 200 uh, languages, but right now seven of them can be in the preacher's voice and the other 100 and some can be in a voice that sounds like the preacher's voice. Either way, it's slick. We're talking expanding. There's people in our own city that speak Spanish, that speak Vietnamese and speak other languages, just even our own city, but we're, we're, we'll be branching out beyond our own. When you're online, it's basically the world. And so the Lord will lead us in that. And that's, that's, that's not cheap, <clears throat> but at the same time, it's not expensive either. Because if the Lord said do it, he doesn't care what it costs. If it means more people in heaven, he'll give you a billion dollars to do it. The other thing that's been on my heart, and th these are some things, we've had it on our heart for a while to have a shuttle ministry where we can bring people to this atmosphere um, from the college. A lot of the college kids live on campus and they don't have ability to get to a church, to the poor, to the the elderly to people. The people call us for rides quite frequently and we wished we'd had more shuttle ability to do that. And so that's one of the things on the back burner that we're going to see coming forward soon in our church to where we can bring people, you know, go to the highways and byways and compel them to come. I mean, if we're going to teach on they brought, maybe we'll have a little bit more ability to bring them. Now we can all bring them right now. I mean, you got a car, you got room for one, you can start bringing them now. But that's, we would like a shuttle ministry to bring the hurting, to bring those that want what's going on here who can't be here. Now, I know we're in America and sometimes we got to shake ourselves and realize it's really not that big a deal, you know, to, to walk somewhere. But in Ethiopia, we were talking to some friends of ours who moved to New Jersey, but they, he was a doctor, he's a doctor, and now he's on the East Coast. They're from Ethiopia. And they said the hunger in Ethiopia for meetings like this are so strong that women with no shoes, with two kids in their arms, will walk five miles to get to the meeting, a meeting like this. And that's why they're having hundreds of thousands of people saved in great revival. The hunger is there, the respect for the things of God, and they're seeing amazing things. But at the same time, we are where we are. So how about we just consider together as a church having a shuttle ministry when the time is right? Um, I, of course, I want to reach out to CMU more. I, I, they actually open the door to us so you can come and have any kind of class you want. If you've got a student that goes to your church, we can have church on campus. And that's always been on my heart. We're going to pursue that some more. I think it's time to do something more in the junior high schools and the high schools where we can equip our kids to see those areas as, as mission fields. I just, there's just too many kids right now being bombarded with stuff where we should, we need to intervene. Yes. We need to do something in major outreach to schools and in CMU. <clears throat> Amen. That's important stuff. Um, another thing we're going to do, and, and the Lord's put this on our heart like seven years ago, uh, or more, and probably about seven years, the year of completion. Um, but it's really interesting. We've been dealt with more in the last few weeks and month about starting a sister church in Montrose. And we've been praying about this. And we've been seeking God about this. We've got people out there. Here. I want to share this with you because this is one of the strongest things on my heart because there's about 50,000 people right over there who don't have a church like this over there. There's great churches there, I'm sure, but we've studied, we've looked at the valley, we've prayed, we've sought the Lord, we don't want to infringe on somebody else's territory, and we have not found a church that preaches faith and victory for everybody yet over there. And, and even if there was, if the Lord said go, we'd still have to go. But there's a scripture in the book of Acts where Paul was deciding with his crusade team, if you read in the book of Acts, they were deciding to go to Asia, and it said the Spirit suffered them not to go. The Holy Spirit said, don't go to Asia to preach the gospel. Why? I don't know. The Holy Spirit said, don't go. 
So they decided, well, let's go to Bithynia. Let's go over here. And the Bible says the Spirit suffered them not, forbade them not to go. Don't go to Asia. I forbid you to go to Asia. The Holy Spirit said, I forbid you to go to Bithynia. So Paul is like, well, where do we go? Man, we got to preach the gospel to the whole world. So they went to sleep. And in the nighttime, a man in a vision from Macedonia appeared to Paul in the night saying this, come over here and help us. The next morning, they assuredly gathering, the Lord has spoken unto them, got their team and headed off to Macedonia. And they were in the middle of the perfect will of God. They had revival. They had all kinds of things happen. And they had some hardship too, because the adversary was not just going to let them do what they wanted to do, but they overcame, they preached the gospel and it was powerful. Well, <clears throat> the Lord reminded me of that because we've got some friends in Montrose, some, some great friends of ours who have family and children and they've got struggles they're going through and, and things that are happening and, and others, they said, there's other people going, a church is closed down, another church is closed down until so these people are like looking for help and they're basically saying, Pastor John and Carla, will you come over here and help us? And so this is something, <clears throat> I'm sharing this with you, have I heard an exact go, 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 not yet, but the closer we get to this, we've already looked at space over there. We've looked at a leasing of a beautiful storefront. We've looked at places for this and that and plenty of parking and all this. And we have not heard the Lord say, stop, I forbid you to go any farther. Like he told Paul, I forbid you to go to Asia. I, for, I suffer you not to go to Bithynia at this time. And so we're moving forward. And I have to say, church, I think we're closer than ever to having a little sister church. We're the big sister. They're going to be the little sister. We'll be tying in through a uh, big screen at times. You'll see your family over there. They'll see their family up here. Uh, we'll be going down there, of course, physically at times. We're going to have a resource to do that. We've got people rising up in the church to help us here. So we're going to be able to do this. We're being very cautious. Of, and what the cool thing about this is we don't have to start another corporation. It's all under Faith Heights. We don't have to start uh, 501c3. I've got all the paperwork. We've got it in our bylaws where we can do things like this all over the world. But you know, Montrose is really part of the valley. It's not part of the Grand Valley, technically speaking, but aerial looking, it doesn't start hitting the mountains till the San Juans. And so this is exciting because Telluride, as far as I can tell, is virtually unreached. Totally unreached. And they're a part, we're so much closer when we're in Montrose to, to bring in people even from Telluride. And so I might even fall into some of the category what Keith Moore prophesied years ago that he was going to add celebrities to our church. And um, among the celebrities would be a lot of prosperity too. So he told us that to just get ready for it. Don't do anything to change for them. Just be what you're supposed to be. And when those people come, don't treat them any different than anybody else. Don't give them any higher honors. Don't give them any lower honors. Just treat them like everybody else because celebrities need Jesus just as much as anybody. You, are you kidding me? How many of these celebrities are oppressed and depressed and on medication and think about committing suicide, all this stuff? They need the Lord as much as anybody. And there are people that God told Paul, you're going to minister to kings, buddy. That's, that's high-ranking celebrities right there. And somebody's got to reach them. And if that's part of our vision, and it is, then we're going to go ahead and do that. This Montrose Church may have something to do with that. Um, but whether or not we're, we know we're supposed to help people. So are you guys ready yet with the offering? Carly, you got the total yet? These are just some of the things we're going to do as a church. Just some of the things. We've got, they're, they're on me. We like supporting Project 127 because they're involved in helping the fatherless. 
That's a local organization. We support them financially. We've given thousands and thousands of dollars to Project 127 and we'll continue to do that. I'm wondering though if the Lord has something specific for us to do in the area of the fatherless and the widows that we haven't been seeing yet, that maybe hasn't been taken care of yet. They're, they're operating in the foster care system, which is amazing because it's a Christian-based company, which is amazing. Project 127 is James 127. Care for the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keep yourself unspotted from the world. And so we're going to figure out how to discern where the fatherless and widows are on a higher level. And we might be needing your help for that too. Because this is something that I know the Lord's put on our heart. We're trying our best to. A lot of times you can't see that on the outside. You've got to be close to their inner circle to even know where they're at. So we're believing the Lord for something to happen in this fatherless and widows area on a much higher level that have nobody else to take care of them. They don't have relatives. They don't have people around. Paul said, you know, if you've got nephews or children, you know, come on, guys, come to their aid. But if, there's some people that don't have that. And we want to be there for them, especially those in our church. And then beyond, people that are connected to our church. So, Carla, why don't you come up forward and we'll get ready for a, a total from them. I know it'll be coming up pretty soon. Praise the Lord, it's taken a long time to count. <laughs> they need five more minutes. I think you should share, I think Carla should share just a little bit about the search and rescue. Um, I'm so blessed. Um, is Emily here? Matthew and Emily? Emily? Oh, okay. Emily's helping Rachel. Emily put uh, in our email that we sent out just a couple days ago, Carla has an article in there called Search and Rescue, Faith and Heights Search and Rescue Team. And so there's a logo on there that I think we're going to use. I think we're going to get some shirts that say Faith Heights Search and Rescue. Just totally, totally cool. Because what she shared in that email, if you didn't get the email, is life-changing. The Lord told her something a few days ago about the war Russia and Ukraine right now and how that's not the only war that's going on. You should share just a couple minutes of that while they're counting and tell them get ready for Resurrection Sunday. Um, yeah, so um, I was watching, I was looking at an article. Um, most of you probably heard me share this already or you read it in the article, but um, I was looking at an article on Facebook. It was a Christian news article and it was about the war that was going on and what was going on and the casualties and the wounded and the scared and fearful people over in the Ukraine. And as I was reading it, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, that is not the only war going on. There's a war just as serious going on in Mesa County. Now, this doesn't take away from any of the hurting people over there. You have to understand that, you know. We've, we've supported people that are helping them. We've prayed for them. But there is a war. You know, I see all these Christians getting so worked up about the war that's going on over there. And that's fine. Be worked up about it if the Lord leads you to be like that. But there's a war going on right here in your neighborhoods, in, at your co-work, with your coworkers and your families. And that is the war that people are dying without Jesus. Marriages are being blown apart. Cancer is rampant. Sickness and disease is everywhere. Suicide, they say Mesa County has one of the highest suicide rates. And that is warfare. And we are all rescuers. We need to rescue these people. And so this Resurrection Sunday, I'm calling it Rescue Sunday. Everybody in here, let me just ask you this. Does anybody know somebody going through a divorce right now? Most everybody does. Does anybody know anybody with cancer or a terminal disease? Raise your hands if you do. Almost everybody. 
Anybody know anybody going through some financial difficulties? Yeah, see? And so you are all rescuers and you need to bring these people to church. Just like these people like Daniel and Georgie and Pablo and Bethany, they have to risk their lives to a degree. They, these men are leaving their families, their wives and children at home and they're going out and they're going in the nighttime and they're going to the border and they're rescuing these people who need their help. They're saying goodbye to their wives. They don't know if it's going to be for the last time saying goodbye and hugging their children just to go and rescue these people in the Ukraine and get them to safety. Well, it might be a little uncomfortable in the next few weeks for every one of us to bring somebody and rescue them and get them to church on Resurrection Sunday so they can get saved, so they can find peace, so they can find hope and they can get helped. But we're all on the rescue team. And so let's do it, church. We can do it. Everybody in here bring at least one person or two or three or four or five or 10. It doesn't matter. Rescue them. Get them here. Maybe you have to make a little extra food that day and have them come over to your house for lunch. So what? Really? If it, if it means rescuing them. So let's just be willing to do what it takes to get these people helped, saved, rescued, delivered. So one of the things that people need rescued from too is they need rescued from thinking their goodness will get them to heaven. Yes. They need to be rescued from the lie that says, just be good, just be nice, just be kind and you'll go to heaven. If that was the case, Jesus would not have had to die and shed his blood to save our souls. No, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So a lot of people look fine on the outside. But they need invited to a church service like Resurrection Sunday so they can hear the gospel, they can hear the bad news, they can hear the good news, and they can get saved and live forever with us. Yes. And I, I know this too. I know, uh, God knows, he knows my heart when I say this. Though there is a real war going on in Ukraine right now, and people are dying physically. Listen closely, church. Dying physically is not the worst thing that can happen to people. That's right. We shouldn't act like it's the worst thing that can happen to people. Dying physically is not the worst thing that can happen to people. People leaving this earth without hearing the full gospel and opportunity to believe in Jesus is the worst thing that could happen. Are you following me, church? Mm -hmm. Dying physically is not good, especially in war, but it's not the worst thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that can happen is that people leave the earth without Jesus in their hearts. And that's the number one reason we're here is to preach the gospel to all the world so people can get saved. And in, the, and in the meantime, yes, let's get all the benefits we can in them before they go to heaven, healing and deliverance. Yes, yes, all these yes. things are connected because a lot of times people aren't interested in the gospel until they are delivered from something. Yeah. You bring them to a service, they get healed, and now they're interested in Jesus the healer. Now they're interested in being born again. Yes. And so it's very important that we look at this as a search and rescue Sunday. It's a revelation from the Holy Spirit. And I believe when we do what he told us to do, the glory of God will fall even stronger on our houses, on our children, on our bank accounts, on everything that has to do with our life and livelihood. So let's take this as a word from the Lord, not just a pretty lady up here. Take it from the word from the Lord. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. So praise the Lord. They're still working on it. That could be good. That could be good. Amen. I mean, if they're back there for an hour, I might just start rejoicing before we even hear what the total is. <laughs> if you do need to use the restroom, you won't be irreverent. If you need to get the restroom or if you're, if you're dying of a thirst and you need to get a drink of water, feel free to do that. Other than that, let's just stay reverent. Just worship the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
And we're not going to show the orange squares at this time. We're just going to give you a total amount. And so does anybody remember the last amount that we saw up there? 283 before the Great Offering Sunday. <clears throat> so that much came in today. Okay. So what came in today is 40,453.71. Oh, glory to God. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we worship you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God, church. <laughs> That's what actually came in. And then we do have some pledges of $2,000 in pledges. So, Father, we are so grateful. So thankful, Father. Lord, we have set our affection upon the house of God, and we thank you that this thing is getting taken care of. You're not going to have to have this, Lord, in, in your church finances. Things are getting freed up, and we thank you for giving us the strength, the prosperity, the harvest that will come in because of these offerings. And, Lord, we'll just continue to glorify you while we're on this earth. In Jesus' name, thank you, thank you, Lord. So the, so the, new, the new total then, not with pledges, but just the new balance, is only 243055. Yes. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> Amen. So, for the next month or so, we'll just keep giving you an update. We're just going to believe God. This thing is history. This balance is history. So thankful for what the Lord's doing. Thank you for being letting the Lord use you. Thank you for letting his love flow through you, his wisdom flow through you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then what do we got up there? Remaining balance, 243.05. Sounds a lot better than 2,380,000. Doesn't it, church? Glory to God. Well, we're thankful for every penny that comes in, so don't ever think your part's too small. Actually, Jesus told the widow woman she gave more than anybody in the offering, even the rich who cast in of their abundance, because the Lord doesn't measure amount. He measures heart and percent. He sees what sacrifice it is to you. And that's what he calls important. So thank you, church. This has been a great, great offering Sunday. Go your way rejoicing. We'll see you Wednesday night. If you thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 